So this is the beginning of our fourth year together. Yay. That's really a wonderful feeling from my uh, perspective because uh, as I shared with you last time, uh, there is no way that I could do this without the support of my church family, all of you, and uh, my wife, Angela. Um, it's a remarkable feeling to be up here and embarking on this, um, who knows how long it will be. We really don't know, do we? It's, it's kind of up, uh, up to the conference and, and the district and the, the district superintendent. And uh, most of all, it's, uh, it's up to uh, God Almighty who has uh, a plan for each of us. But this is exciting. And, you know, we assemble here in this holy place, this church, this place set apart for worship and, and teaching and, and fellowship. And I thought, you know, as we assemble here going forward, these, these sermons that I share with you, these messages, um, I know there are times in our future ahead where the messages might make you feel uncomfortable. That's just the reality of, of preaching from the pulpit. Sometimes the words that I'm led to share with you might stop, cause you to stop and reflect on your life, on your circumstances, on your situations. That's the nature of the business that we're in as ministers of the faith, isn't it? You might find as I deliver uh, messages over the next however long God has for us to be together in this place, you might find that some of what I say just might rub you the wrong way. I'm sure that's happened in the last three years, has it not? We're friends here. There may be times when I, it may feel like I'm standing up here speaking directly to you, as if I had the ability to read your mind. I don't, by the way. You might feel sometimes as we like to say in the ministry, you might feel convicted. And then on the other hand, there are going to be times when the message that I give on any given Sunday may spark this feeling of peace and comfort and joy. You might hear something that makes you think about how good God has been in your experience, in your circumstances, in your situation. And at that moment, any given Sunday, you might feel uplifted. And so whether you come on a Sunday and you feel convicted or you come on a Sunday and you feel uplifted, I hope that above all, above all else, from the words that come from this pulpit, you count them all as joy in your experience. Because the one thing that I promise to you, my church family, as pastor, is that the words that I speak will only come to you after much prayer, a whole lot of thought, 
Maybe a little bit of preparation. <laughs> no, a lot of preparation, I promise. And always using the Word of God, the Holy Bible, the interpretation of the Holy Spirit working in me as a follower of Jesus, that will always be the source of my message to you. It has been and it will continue that way. Now, why am I sharing that with you this morning? Well, it's because that's, that's my way, but it was also Paul's way. And in our epistle this morning, comes to us from Corinthians chapter 8, it begins at verse 7. Paul says, Now as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in utmost eagerness, and in our love for you, so we want you to excel also in this generous undertaking. Well, what generous undertaking is that, Pastor? What's Paul talking about? Well, if we back up to the beginning of the chapter, we see that Paul is appealing to the church at Corinth for them to be generous to those in need and to those who are carrying on the ministry. See, the church in Corinth had started this campaign, if you will, to help those Christians who were poor among them and in all of the region. They started this campaign. But they got sidetracked a little bit. It wasn't as easy a road as they had anticipated. But the other churches in Macedonia who were not as wealthy and well-off as Corinth, they got wind of what the church in Corinth was trying to do, and they jumped in with both feet. And so Paul was appealing to Corinth, saying, remember what you started? Look how, it, how the enthusiasm for what you started has spread. These smaller churches, the poorer churches, are giving sacrificially to those in their community. And Paul says, we, we want you to know about the grace of God that has been granted to the churches of Macedonia. For during a severe ordeal of affliction, their abundant joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For as I can testify, they voluntarily gave according to their means and even beyond their means, begging us earnestly for the privilege of sharing in your ministry to the saints. Now, before you get the idea that the pastor's talking about tithing and beating the, the tithes offering and stewardship and church finance drum. That's not my point here. You see, Corinth's problem, the church in Corinth, was that they weren't being generous and they weren't following through with what they had started. Even though they had the resources to have a big impact for the kingdom and for the ministry, their issue was that even though they excelled in almost everything else, Paul gives a few examples. He says you, in, you excel in faith and in speech and in knowledge, in utmost eagerness, even though they were excellent in those things, in this one area 
of generosity and follow-through, they were just lacking. And Paul is telling them that of that all the things that they're doing well, all the stuff they're doing right, they're able to do because of the grace of God. So why then, he's asking them, are you falling down in the area of generosity and follow through when those things also come to you by the grace of God? It's not your own power, it's God's power. You're good in everything else that you've set out to accomplish. And all of that by God's power why is it you're struggling with this when it comes to you by God's power also? And so Paul says, I don't say this to you as a command, but I am testing the genuineness of your love against what I've seen other people do the other churches in Macedonia. For you know the generous act of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich. And in this matter I'm giving you my advice. It is appropriate for you who began last year not only to do something, but even to desire to do something, now finish doing it so that your eagerness may be matched by completing it according to your means. For if the eagerness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. Paul says, I don't mean that there should be relief for others and pressure on you. That's not what I'm getting at. But it's a question of a fair balance between your present abundance and their needs so that their abundance may be for your need in order that there may be a fair balance. And then he quotes some scripture. He says, the one who had much did not have too much. And the one who had little did not have too little. What he's saying there is, look, I'm not trying to tell you how to run your business. I'm not trying to get you to do something against your will. I'm just pointing out that your neighbors in Macedonia, those folks are doing a lot of ministry with just a little bit of resources, kind of like Countryside does. And I hope that you get excited about the possibilities for ministry here in Corinth with all that you have available to you. I picture Paul preaching in front of the Woodlands United Methodist Church and saying, you know those folks over at Countryside? They've got a food pantry and they feed 45 families every month. All of their resources are poured into helping the community. Everything that they have over and above what it takes to keep the lights on, they pour into the community. And, and, and here you are, and I'm, I'm just picking on the woodlands. I have no idea. I'm sure they do great things over there. So for, for, those, for those at the woodlands who hear the podcast, it's just an example. Mm. Pastor, what are you talking about? The point is that they, in Corinth, 
started something and then didn't have the follow through and lacked the generosity to finish it. And he's saying, you remember Jesus and his generosity, don't you? He was rich beyond worldly wealth. He gave it all away for us. In one stroke, he became poor. And, and we, well, we became wildly wealthy as a result. Now, not our bank account balance didn't go up, but something more precious than gold happened. And so maybe our area where we need to find excellence is not generosity. Generosity is not our issue. Maybe our area that needs work is something else. Right? Maybe we are excellent in generosity, but maybe we're lacking in, I don't know, pick something. Hospitality. That's my personal weakness, so I'll just throw that out there. Hospitality. If we're excellent in hospitality, maybe we're lacking in outreach. These are just examples, okay? The point is, do we know where we need improvement? And do we know that we should always do everything as if we were doing it for Jesus himself? And do we also recognize that our ability, our strength to do everything that we do is a gift by the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit? Do we know where our strength comes from? And so Paul sums up his message like this. He, so, he says, so here's what I think. The best thing that you can do right now, Corinth, is to finish what you started last year and not let those good intentions grow stale. And so our lesson from that is, have we, have we ever started anything and, and just kind of let it fizzle for one reason or another? I, I can think of a few examples, and I'm sure you can too. It's nobody's fault. It's just sometimes there's not as much support for some things as there is for others, and that's just the way things go. And Paul's saying, you know, your heart's been in the right place all along, Corinth. You've got what it takes to finish what you started up, so go ahead and do it. Once the commitment is clear, you do what you can, not what you can't. Oh, so maybe we don't have to do everything as long as we do everything we can. Once the commitment is clear, you do what you can, not what you can't. The heart regulates the hands, Paul says. And this isn't, we don't start these things so that others can take it easy while we sweat it out. That's not our purpose. No, we enter into things shoulder to shoulder with others all the way. Our surplus matches their deficit their surplus matches our deficit, and in the end, everybody comes out even. Everybody wins, just like the scripture says, nothing left over to the one with the most, nothing lacking to the one with the least. See, we don't have to do it all. We just have to do what we can to the best of our ability. Why? Because we're the church. Our mission is to make disciples for Jesus Christ, for the transformation of the world. 
And we do that by joining in with what God is already doing in the world, by using our abilities, those things that have been given to us by the grace of God, using them as excellently as is humanly possible. And always, not for our honor and glory, but for his honor and glory. That's the way we do ministry here. Excellently. For him. Not for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.